0: Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast, episode number 404, postseason edition, uh, and uh, postseason edition, not just playoffs, but season is over, and we're talking about the end, and mm-hmm. uh, what, the, what the team's all about uh, as we head into the 2023 season. Uh, Keith is joining me as usual, co-host Keith Myers, welcome in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um- you know, it's it's sad to see the this season end. Um, it's a fun year the Seahawks uh, did way better than anyone ever imagined. Uh made it to the playoffs, but uh it came to an end, it came to an end in fairly predictable fashion. Um we knew this team wasn't good enough to make a deep run into the playoffs, but the fact that they got there uh was fun and surprising and we'll take it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's basically the the kind of uh, show that we're going to have today. Is kind of put everything in perspective, really. Um, you know, when you when you take a look at this this game uh, against the 49ers, and and we will a little bit, uh, Seahawks lose forty one to twenty three. Um, but we were ahead by one point at halftime, seventeen to sixteen. I thought we played a great first half. Um, after you know the nerves settled. I thought that the offense settled in, Gino settled in, and we played well.
1: Defense played well. Um,
0: yeah, Seventeen the, to sixteen.
1: <clears throat> the first half showed really what this team needed to do to, to overcome the 49ers, Who, let's face it, they're just a better, more talented team right now, and uh, they needed to play a wide mis- margin. They needed to play mistake-free football. They needed to not uh, get themselves in trouble with penalties. They needed to. Um, not turn the ball over they needed to make some big plays right they needed to connect on some of those um, those um, those deep passes and that's what they need that's what they did you know they they made just enough plays to to do things well and they um, hit hit on that big play to, to lock it they didn't turn the ball over didn't get penalties and they were went leading 17-16 as you said but in the second half you know they didn't do those things lots of penalties lots of turnovers and when you do that to a better team, you're going to get hosed. And they just, they got waxed by yeah. um by a better football team.
0: Yeah, interesting. 25 unanswered points in the second half. Uh, the pivotal play um, was, you know, after, after halftime, they got the ball and they went down and scored right away. Um, but we were only down six at the end of the third quarter. Um, two minutes and 31 seconds left, to be exact, in the third quarter. And... We were on San Francisco's 19-yard line, and we were going to go score again. And know, Smith dropped back to throw. Uh, Charles Aminowu came in, stripped the ball, Bosa recovered. And that was the beginning of the end because they went down, marched down, and scored right away. And we just couldn't stop anything that they were doing. Uh, they went on and scored a, an additional, um, you know, what, 17 points after that. And it was just, it was kind of crazy. Um, and, and Purdy was nearly perfect. I, I really kind of admired the kid actually as he I was watching this really game, well. Yeah. I went 18 for 30, 332 yards, four total touchdowns, um, nine of 11, 185 yards, and two passing touchdowns and a rushing score after halftime. Um, I thought he, you know, we kind of, Spooked him a little bit in the first half. Got you know, got him a little rattled. He was just came in rattled, nervous a little bit. I thought, but really settled down in that second half as well as the entire um, 49er mm-hmm. offense. You know, and they went on to really just blow us out of the water as far as runs after catch and all that stuff. I think they had 185 yards after catch uh, in this game. Debo Samuel obviously um, and others, um, and and the Seahawks just aren't good. <laughs> After that, we we ranked 31st in the NFL in yards after catch allowed. Um, this defense did, yeah, and they took full advantage.
1: Um, so you just look at the at the second half drives, right? Forty Nine ers scored a touchdown. Seahawks fumble. Forty Nine ers score a touchdown. Seahawks throw, or you know, Gino throws an interception. Forty um, Nine ers score a touchdown. <laughs> right? Uh, th- that's how that's how the second half started. Is. They got three touchdowns. We had two turnovers and then a punt. Um, then they got a field goal. And then finally our offense decided to wake up and do something with under two minutes left in the game. Um, DK gets his gets second um, uh, touchdown of the game. And yeah, I mean, it's just, that just is the nature of, of this. They just were the better football team.
0: You know, it's interesting too, because it's a unique opportunity to, to face a team three times and, um, you know, we were outscored 89 to 43 in three games this season by this yeah. team. And uh, on both sides of the ball, it really helped illustrate just how far away we are from really being in contention because that's what the 49ers are. They had a great record. Uh, the NFC is kind of wide open for them. Uh, the way that they're playing now, I think they can beat anybody. They're The winners of 11 in a row. Mm-hmm. It shows the gap but on both sides of the ball um, when you play a team three times and, and you just you're not even close, really in any of Not those in any games. of them,
1: yeah.
0: And so uh, it, it helps to illustrate where our priorities need to be, I think, in the off-season. Um, and, and I think that's part of the conversation that we'll have today and uh, for the weeks to come in the off-season as we progress towards the Senior Bowl and the Combine and, and the uh, and free agency and the NFL Draft in our conversations. It'll tie back to these, these things, um, the way the, the, the Seahawks perform. Now, let's talk about expectations. I think, you know, it's interesting because when you, when you break down this season, obviously, <clears throat> you got to have some perspective. You know, it's really, um, you can get tied into, well, they, they performed really poorly uh, in this last game. Seahawks are crap. Um, Pete Carroll needs to go. Geno Smith isn't the
1: answer, et cetera. I can't um, no um this was a but, team that was that was they're rebuilding they traded away their franchise right. quarterback they um they released the guy who's arguably the best defensive player in franchise history yes. they they were turning the corner right they were turning things over um they let guys like dj reed walk who let's face it would have been very useful to have this year he had a fantastic year in new york and here's
0: the 13th ranked cornerback in the nfl
1: yeah not surprising um they, but this was a, their, their roster in turnover, they were, this is the beginning of a rebuild and what happened? They won nine games and made the playoffs in the right. middle of a, at, at the beginning of a rebuild.
0: You're one of a major rebuild, you yeah. know, you, you jettison your franchise quarterback and your best player on defense, et cetera. And um, your entire
1: defensive coaching stuff.
0: And you go in knowing that, you know, you're going to have a lot of young players you played a lot of young players. You, you literally committed to, you know, playing six rookies, either starting or extensive playing time. Um, and, you, and you still had the season that you did, nine wins, nine and eight. Gino Smith had a breakout year, obviously. Um, we incorporated all those players into our team, and they all played well, um, which is a great opportunity for this team to build on. And this is a critical offseason. I can't even emphasize that enough. Um, but that's the perspective really um but we're not uh even though we've exceeded expectations we're not we haven't arrived is 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 the is the key thing here and we're not just two or three plays away from contending i think we're you know if if this was year one of a rebuild we've still got two more years really to be completely solidified as a sustainable successful team um where the roster can be as competitive as the 49ers are this year. And yeah, that's where I, we need to get.
1: I would you ag- know, I would agree with that part where where I think that next year they're next year they're going to be closer, but they're unless the 49ers do something unexpected and take a big step backward, um the the six are gonna still probably be behind them. But this is a team that won nine games with a roster that was full of holes, which tells you that the the, the non hole players are pretty damn good. And so if they can fill in some of those holes, they can yes. elevate themselves up into um the conference. You know, that conversation. They will they catch the 49ers? No. But the that's that's fine. You don't have to you don't have to be the uh head and shoulders top team in the conference to be a contender. And I think they can do that for next year. I I think they
0: can I, close the gap. That's the yeah. key. You want to close the gap. Now the 49ers <laughs> had 13 wins, whatever it was. Uh, and four wins ahead of uh, the Seahawks if the, if the Seahawks can close that gap or even take the division, you know, it doesn't mean that we're necessarily the better team mm-hmm. um but but you can you can be in that conversation. I think you're right, Seattle could definitely be there depending on decisions this off season on how we how we go. you know, one of those um I didn't want to spend and you didn't either want to spend too much time focusing on this wild card game. It was informative. Um, but it's just one game out of 19. We, you know, 18, we played this season. That's the kind of the way I look at it, it was great experience for our young players, et cetera. Um, and it was kind of a reward really for the, the season and the efforts they put in. Um, but now we're in the off season and now the conversation, the real conversation about team building roster building begins. And it starts at the top really for me, a couple of things at the, at the top. A, coaching um, and scheme, especially on the defensive side. And then a a little conversation around Pete Carroll, um, as far as is the timeline for the team and the talent aligned with Pete Carroll's remaining years in the NFL. If if they're remaining, right. We need to have that conversation. It's an uncomfortable conversation. You and I both support Pete. We know that we're not hiding anywhere. I know he's not, I know he's not going anywhere, but my question to you is, is the team aligned with that?
1: I think they are. I mean, you look at where they're at. This is an, uh, this is a, this year was supposed to be the bottom out year. It turns out last year was because of, uh, Russ's play. But, uh, as far as roster talent, this is the bottom out year and they're a nine win team. They're nothing but building from here on out. And he, he's not going anywhere. He read the quotes from a week ago. Um, He's committed. He, like he's talking about building and and the the culture they have and the work ethic and and the type of guys and and all of that. Like he's looking at this forward, and as a team that's going to to get significantly better this off season, um, yeah, I think that does align with with his because they're going to be a um you know perennial playoff team for the next four or five years. Okay, and I'm gonna That stop puts you. that puts them in you know right with. You know, Pete Carroll's thing. If they were going to be bad for two or three years, then I think he'd be like, nah, no thanks. I'll let someone else do it. (laughs)
0: The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for the wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can pay just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet bet. Back up to $10. Action so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I heard you. I agree with you, honestly, but I'm going to push back a little bit, kind of be a devil's advocate here. Um, you,
1: Bill, push back? No way.
0: Well, well, yeah, because I think it's important <laughs> that we have this conversation and it's a legitimate conversation. It's not just like both of us uh, agreeing on, on this particular issue, because I think it's important that we really work through it um, and not just say that, you know, what we're saying. Uh, one playoff win in the last seven seasons. You said it turns out last year was the bottom out year. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. We went into that season uh, coming off of successful increases in wins uh, for you know, three years in a row. Nine wins, 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins. And then we dropped to seven wins. So I disagree with you there a little bit in that that wasn't the expectation.
1: It wasn't the um, expectation, but it was what the reality. It's what happened.
0: It's, it's the reality, but does that point to a, to a coaching situation when you drop five wins? I know your quarterback was injured, but his play kind of tailed off. The defense really was was weird as far as starting poorly, finishing okay. But that was like three years in a row, including this year. And, and the common denominator to me is Pete Carroll. Now, I'm not saying I'm a Pete Carroll hater or anything like that at all. What I'm saying is um, we both know and need to acknowledge that there have been struggles, consistent, persistent struggles on the defensive side of the ball now. For a long time, we've only won one playoff game in seven seasons is with Russell Wilson being the quarterback and the majority of those, is that acceptable? And even now, when we're turning the corner, it looks like, and the roster looks it looks improved. I agree with you there. Um, is Pete Carroll the right person to lead this team with with that history acknowledged and moving forward with Pete's age and possibly a new quarterback situation coming in and all that stuff where we're at timeline wise with a rebuild.
1: So I think what you're, you're at, you're looking at here is there's so many different factors that go into that. Um, you have, you know, Russell Wilson's contract ballooning uh, up to a point where they couldn't keep the roster together and they were struggling to make decisions on um, how they were going to win and build the roster and that kind of stuff. You also ran into um, his, de- you know, declining play partly because they got him killed uh, without an offensive line and partly just because. I don't know. I just felt like it if you look at him, especially this year, it kind of looks like he's working less. He's not grinding the tape and doing the stu- kind of the stuff the way he used to. Um, and so they kept, they were getting, they were having a, a decreased roster because his cap number was going up and up and up and they were getting um, lesser and lesser of a return on their investment with him, which made why it made so much sense uh, for them to trade him. And as much as we didn't like it, as much as everyone hated it, um, you could see the difference this year where there was like there was there was just this weight on the team that was no longer there with 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 Russ gone and so I mean there's there are lots of factors and you look at you look at specifically last year it wasn't just that Russ got hurt and missed three games it was that he rushed back too quickly
0: um, and and lost two or three more
1: and played like ass for for another four or five weeks until he got you know, mm-hmm. every healthy and things got back to normal, and they did. Yeah, that was, the, the, and that was decision
0: but, based completely on his ego. So I
1: agree with that. It was, and I mean, this was a situation where they very easily could have done better. You know, last year, but they ran into those problems, and uh, you know, they're they're they are they they were not good enough roster talent wise to overcome that. You look at like the 49ers they've gone through three quarterbacks but their roster is fantastic this year. Um and honestly their quarterbacks keep getting better every time somebody gets hurt. <laughs> yeah. um because Garoppolo played better than Lance and Brock Purdy's been the best of the three. So um yeah, talk about so then,
0: talk about just a the scouting department, you know, mm-hmm. and general manager there. And um, the coaches. Yeah. And the system, you know, the system. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about what you said uh, and, and lead into another conversation because obviously um, we know the roster isn't complete here. Uh, upgrades are needed at a number of di- different positions, both on especially offense and defense. defense. We've talked about the trenches. We've talked about offensive center, guard, upgrade, maybe a uh, number three wide receiver, uh, especially with Lockett getting a little older. You kind of want a guy that's possibly potentially able to step into that role in the, in the near future. Um, a, a second dependable running back, etc. And then on the, the defensive side, we've already talked about it. Nose tackle, defensive tackle, defensive end edge, outside linebacker, middle linebacker, potentially safety, possibly a number two upgrade at, at cornerback. I'm just throwing it all out there. It doesn't necessarily mean all those things have to happen or in what order they happen, free agency or draft or whatever you know, this roster is, is not complete, but it does start at, with Geno Smith. Mm -hmm. There's a key, absolutely key decision to be made with Geno Smith at quarterback, uh, very soon, um, you know, within two months, uh, at, at, at the outside, hopefully before that, uh, where this team needs to decide what they're going to do with Geno Smith.
1: They have less than six weeks.
0: So Gene, I'm going to, uh, let me finish this then. Uh, Geno's <laughs> G- uh, said he wants to be back. Coaches have said they want to have Geno back, et cetera. Um, there was a thing that came out with Ian Rappaport, came out with a tweet right before the game that said, uh, Seahawks are intending to keep Geno uh, at all costs, essentially, or, or not at all costs, but um, no matter what, um, whether they need to use the franchise tag, um, it, it, that's a possibility. Conversely, Brady um Henderson came out ESPN and said that um I've got this thing here hold on um said that the team wants Geno back but they also believe that there are a number of quarterbacks that could be successful because they feel like they have a quarterback friendly scheme here in Seattle and so those things are completely polar opposite and I don't know who leaked those Um, the first one, it seems like that a team would leak that, but it doesn't make any sense because it's not helpful for Seattle to pigeonhole themselves into saying that they would invoke the franchise tag during negotiations, especially this early. They don't even know what the market value is really for Geno Smith. And, and to say that you're going to tag him at 31 point something million dollars, uh, at this point in the conversation seems unwise to me and then the brady henderson thing i agree because that's sourced saying that they believe that they have a, a quarterback friendly system which points to either a drew lock having an opportunity if gino can't be resigned at a reasonable number or go get somebody in the draft or so i so I mean, we need to we need to figure that
1: out there's going to be quarterbacks available um jimmy garoppolo is guaranteed to be on the market because he is a free agent and has a no tag clause um Trey Lance is probably going to be on the market simply because he's lost his job and they're going to look to see if they can uh, recoup some. We have the ammo to get that, too, if we needed to. Yeah. They they want to recoup some of the draft capital that they gave up for him. Um, you look at uh, Carr uh, out of Vegas is going to be available. They benched him. They said he's done. Um, you know, there are, there are mm-hmm. players that mm-hmm. are going to be available. Marcus Mariota is going to be available, um, although he didn't really play all that well this year. Um, but you know, go look around the league. It, it's weird. Last year was this weird year for quarterback movement. That was unlike anything we'd seen. And this year is going to be fairly similar. There are players that are going to get, that are going to move.
0: I think the key question for this team, because we know what the team is with a quarterback that can lead it. We made the playoffs. That's kind of where the minimum we're, we're we know we're going to improve next year. We've got a lot of opportunity, uh, some. Uh, free agency capital, and then uh, draft capital to be able to do that. Um, the question is, has Geno Smith done enough to re-sign him to a new new deal and depend on him to lead the team to the Super Bowl if what we're getting is the Geno after Munich, Germany? Geno had eight interceptions and five fumbles the last eight games, plus an interception and a fumble in the wild Card game. Is Geno Smith, the guy that they want to hang their hat on to lead this team forward, or is it a bridge thing that they're hopeful for? Um, you know, they, they need to answer that.
1: It's right the away. second one. It's the second one. He's a bridge. Um, he bridged them through this year and in, in fantastic fashion. Uh, but you got to look at this. Do is you a franchise cor- tag him? Is that no. even an option for a bridge no. quarterback? You you're not gonna you're not gonna franchise franchise tag. Him so we had to, hold on, here.
0: hold on, hold on, hold on. So I'm gonna back up just a half a second and remind you of conversations that we had just four or five weeks ago about Geno Smith potentially getting franchised because the team couldn't afford not to have Gino as a bridge because he knew the system. He he played well enough um down the stretch. And that was before, you know. Things got really rocky in the last four or five games.
1: Um, and, and we were kind of in that boat. We both kind of had that he had conversation. A, he he played surprisingly well in the first half of the year to the point where everybody got excited. But then you mm-hmm. look at what he did, as you were saying, the last eight games, and he has regressed. He's gone back to kind of being the Gino we expected in terms of his ab- inability to um, mm-hmm. keep track of the ball. And yet, granted, he's still throwing for a lot of yards, but his uh, completion percentage dropped from 78% to 70% over that time, which means it was lower because it had to out- overcome all the, you know, all the passes before it in order for it to balance out to 70%. Um, his interceptions were up, his touchdowns were down, um, and his fumbles like, were a problem too. He regressed into being more of the player that we expected him to be still better than what we expected him to be um we sh- got to give him credit for that but he did he he did come back down to earth and at this point i don't believe that you can look at him and his play especially down the stretch and say this is a guy that we can depend on for the next four or five years especially at an, at age 33 um he's a bridge and that's that's about all he is is a bridge at this point because uh, you can at his age, you can probably get good play out of him for another two years um and if you're expecting more than that, you're gonna end up disappointed uh, this Okay, story, I agree with they have, they have an opportunity to go get a a franchise quarterback in this draft because they picked fifth overall and then bring them along slowly and not rush them in there and get and and get and ruin them in the um the way that the bears have have done with. Uh, field.
0: That seems optimal and that seems like the conversation we were having the first week of the season too about the potential uh, this offseason. Here we are. Um, But two things. Um, Let's say the Seahawks feel for some reason like they need Geno Smith and and, um, they're negotiating in the background with Geno. We don't know what the numbers might be. Um. They don't want to lose out on them. They franchise them. What are the implications for that? Let's let's talk about that. A the, the implications tag, for that what is it? Th-
1: it's just under 32 million. 32 million
0: dollars. Okay. Now you franchise them, but you're still negotiating, right? Because you really want to lower that 2023 cap hit. In order to lower the 2023 cap hit, let's say you want to get it in the somewhere in the $10 million range, just for conversation purposes. That means you would have to push salary out in 2024, 25 to balance that. Um, that mm-hmm. contract. And that would be just crazy. So you'd be paying him, say that the, once you tag him, Gino knows, and his camp knows that that's kind of where he wants to be salary-wise, or at least that you would have to pay him 30 to $40 million in 2024, 25, in order for that contract to make any sense for them. It 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 just doesn't make any sense,
1: but would they do it
0: is my is know. my
1: question. I don't know if they do it because I don't know if there's going to be a market for him. Um, You look at the other quarterbacks that are going to be available, the ones we mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, and the fact that, you know, Geno Smith's reputation around the league was terrible coming into this year. And while he was a great story the first half of the season, you know, the shine um, has come off of him, you know, down the stretch. And I don't think there's going to be a huge market for him. I think the CX can slow play this and, and not worry about it. And that was going to be my question. The draft.
0: What does a slow play look like and how far does this go? Does this okay. go all the way to the draft where we don't have a quarterback and Gino's still hanging there and we're kind of leveraging that over him?
1: Maybe. Yeah. And, and one of the things is if they, if they tag him as you're suggesting and they're sitting there with that $31 million, they wait around until the draft fifth, fifth, fifth pick of the draft comes around and they draft will Levis or, or CJ Stroud. and now, Gino's looking at having the tag pulled and getting nothing,
0: yeah, but if he signs it, then they're obligated
1: true. if he signs the franchise tag, you're right they are it, it's a and guaranteed they would run deal.
0: they would run up to sign that franchise tag as soon as it's it's offered My, I don't. here's I don't agree with here's
1: that. the here's why I
0: think that they don't do this, and obviously it seems obvious, but it's maybe not, maybe it's a little bit more complicated and my guess is Seattle does not intend to franchise Geno Smith and because of the implications and to the the whole roster building situation. They've only, they've got $50 million in cap. I'm just, you know, throwing a number out there, but it's close 50 million, but you know, they've got the draft picks. That draft is going to allocate about $16 million because we've got two first two, two high seconds. It's going to be more expensive than usual. Um,
1: that puts in about 35 million. 35.
0: Left. And then, and then you've got, you know, some
1: other You're not um, using 30 contracts. Of that. You're not using 30 of your 35 up on Geno Smith. Right.
0: That's, that's the larger thing I want to talk about. Yeah, or you're having happen. to cut a bunch. Now you've got enough players where you need about five signings in the offseason. If you count all the draft picks plus uh, what we currently have, you've got about 40 some odd players signed if you include the draft. And you need to, you're going to have to sign five or six new additional players, but you're also going to have to potentially cut some players because in order to make some uh, salary cap room, there's mm-hmm. players like Shelby Harris, Gabe Jackson, Andre Diggs, uh, Jamal Adams, et cetera, that could be on the chopping block or, or re- uh, restructure contracts in order to get your cap number malle- malleable. So that you have some room to to do some of these deals. If we if we sign Gino, even if we sign Gino on a one year deal, $15 million, that's $15 million that's gonna hit this year. If if they've spread that out over three years and it's forty-five million dollars over three years with a lower cap hit, that helps a little bit, but nonetheless, that money's gonna have to come from somewhere. And then you're gonna still want to go get a center potentially or defensive tackle, a safety, et cetera, out of free agency. So it 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 seems big now, but really it's it's just a normal number that we have to work within. And I wouldn't expect huge signings to come out of this offseason in free agency. No,
1: not at all. Um and that's why I don't I the this capping geno thing doesn't make any sense to me. Is it's, he's not it's a so he's not a thirty he's not a thirty million dollar quarterback. He no, looks like not. he might have been he looked like he might have been, you know, there was that stretch with the team won four straight and he was playing mm-hmm. out of his mind and I was like, Hey, this guy's really done some things and is, is looking good but then you you know down the stretch when he was turning the ball over more and the team um was losing it was pretty easy to see he's not that guy and so I, I you look at a situation here where I think they want him back I think they I mean obviously they know they can win with him um they want him back but it's going to be they want him back on their terms
0: I think and, and I that, that and the market is at.
1: not going to be The market is not going to be huge for Geno Smith. What team out there is going to be looking at Geno Smith and saying, hey, that's the guy we're going to go spend a pile of money on? There's a lot of evidence,
0: too, for Seattle that they could plug and play quarterbacks into the system. A, they went from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith. That's one set of data. Look at San Francisco runs a very similar offense. They plugged in three quarterbacks with similar success in all three. You look Mm -hmm. at uh, the Rams going from Stafford's to, um, to, to it? Bakersfield. Ba- yeah. What's the, whatever his name is. I lost his name. Um, anyway, Baker Mayfield. Um, there you go. You, is you, Bakerfield. I'm like, ba- ba- nope. Bakerfield. Um, Mayfield. you look at that thing and it's like, okay, so now Seattle's confident that they could find somebody to come in and be, even if it was a placeholder could be similar in production value as Geno mm-hmm. Smith and maybe somebody that controls the ball better, doesn't have as many turnovers. Um, which I which mean, we know Pete doesn't like.
1: Yeah. I mean you could get um I mean like I said Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out there guaranteed. Like he's this isn't a um hoping that the the 49ers cut him free like last year. He is a free agent and they cannot retain him. Um and
0: And wouldn't he, want to at this point.
1: Yeah but you don't think you can get Jimmy Garoppolo for you know fifteen or twenty million? It might be. Geno it Cardi? might make more sense
0: for them to re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo and try to trade.
1: What about Derek Carr?
0: Their 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 first round pick, their their quarterback that's that was injured, and I mean, he's uh, got more upside.
1: Maybe yeah, he's got more upside, but they're also gonna they're gonna they're gonna reset the clock because they've already got two years out of Trey Lance with nothing to show for it. They've got more True. out of Brock Purdy, and he's looked better. And yes. he's, you know, two years earlier in his, um, on his rookie deal. He's, not, he's never going to make more than 850000 right. on his rookie That's deal. Why,
0: why wouldn't you trade Trey Lance for, for a, a first-round pick and a future first if who you're San him, Francisco? Who,
1: who gives up two first-round picks for Trey Lance, though? Yeah. Well who after what after yeah, what we've some seen, some of these from him quarterback
0: the quarterback needy teams looking at the draft and looking at free agency still need a quarterback, you know, might, I don't think yeah,
1: but I, I still don't think his value is that high. Okay. I think you're looking so at like a, a second and a third.
0: We both agree that Geno Smith is definitely the the top priority to solve in the off season, but um and, and we probably agree on how we do it, but this could take some time. They could go out and sign him right away if they can make a deal work that that seems like a reasonable deal. I don't know what's reasonable in your mind for Geno Smith, but I'm thinking around 20 yeah, average 15, per 20. year type of a deal with some guaranteed money. I think Geno's going to want guaranteed money. He's, he's reached a point in his life where that's going to be the most important factor in a contract that he signs, whether it's Seattle or somebody else. And if, if Seattle can throw enough guaranteed money out there, Geno takes that lower deal and he signs a contract within the next two, or three weeks. that yeah. could be that could benefit Seattle as far as knowing for sure they've got Gino and being able to do free agency and the draft stuff um, without any pressure there at the
1: quarterback position. So let's say you you sign him to a three year deal at uh, fifty five million. So it's just under um twenty a year but you set up the first year's cap hit to be about five. Um, And you do that by taking most of the first year money and just giving it all to him in signing bonus, uh, guaranteeing the salary for it. Uh, And setting his contract up in a way where he gets a bunch of money early, but doesn't have the guarantees after that, but he will have already received the money that he wanted as far as guaranteed money. I think you can
0: get out of that contract
1: and Seattle can get out of that contract. And what, so it, it you know, goals.
0: some sometimes we're really good at evaluating contracts and sometimes we're off base because we just, we just don't get the market yet. The market hasn't been set. We, we haven't looked at the needs and, and um, and so forth of, of all teams. What if we're just completely off base and Gino's real number, real value based on the market is 30. What? Then let does him Seattle run, do? Just Seattle, dude. Just let, let him walk. 30,
1: let him earn thirty from someone else. I'm, I'm serious. Like, I, I, he has been do awesome you, here in Seattle. He's been such a great professional. I love that. But I'm not paying him thirty million dollars. Not so one. you don't even
0: take the chance to sign him, uh, or or franchise tag him, and hope to trade him because you're you're really just you're taking a chance that he would he would sign that offer and you'd be stuck. Um. um
1: so you yeah. just let him
0: walk for nothing.
1: I'd let him walk uh, because if somebody's paying him that much, then that means that one of these other quarterbacks is available. If you want a bridge quarterback, um, if Tennessee, let's say, is going to pay him $30 million to go be theirs, that means Ryan Tannehill's available for 10 and you go get him to be your bridge and
0: draft quarterback. I don't quarterback. think so. That's not realistic, Keith. A, a quarterback of Ryan Tannehill's ability, let's say he's a 15th ranked quarterback in the league, is gonna command about 25 him? million
1: dollars. Did you see him play this year?
0: It is what it is. I'm just saying it's yeah. it, you, the, the quarterback market is kind of crazy. Okay. Um okay so we know we're gonna have conversations around Geno Smith as a lead in to the to our offseason, but what if if you looked at this season as a whole where are we going to have conversations about our own roster how we evaluate our own roster versus free agency and the draft
1: a lot of it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball because this is a team that needs help it needs help at all three levels you've got to fix the defensive line um nose tackle and the the five the the ends you've got to fix middle linebacker um you know with the Cody Barton thing and then Tanner Muse being a guy that that um was out there a lot at the end of the year after the the Jordan Brooks injury. Um and you've got to fix uh what's going well, I, I say you gotta fix what's going on at safety, but reality, um, you know, Diggs turned his season around and played better down the stretch. He's
0: turned his season around and played better down the stretch, but he's also got an eighteen million dollar cap hit next year.
1: Yeah, that's true. And so you you have to um you have to look at um uh, at all, you know, that situation as far as like what, um, what you can get
0: in replacement or, or somehow yeah. reduces his number
1: because you do have to answer that. Um, and so I i think most of our conversations, uh, this offseason that aren't Geno Smith related are going to be about defensive players because, uh, the defense was terrible and they had a few games here and there <laughs> where they were okay, but even in, uh, this playoff game where the defense looked, uh competent for most of the game, they give up forty one points
0: and and five hundred yards so yeah uh our our next two shows uh we are going to do uh roster evaluation shows uh, mm-hmm. first one's going to be offensive uh roster evaluation second one's going to be defensive uh roster evaluation to me that one's gonna be the big one the 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 one that we're really focused on because I think in order. Um, and for everyone that's been with us for a number of years, you know what we do in the off season. We kind of start methodically. We go through, uh, our own roster. Then we look at the salary cap. Then we start evaluating, uh, players out there. We go through free agency, et cetera. So we're, we're, we're kind of in this thing, uh, get into the weeds, which is great. If you, if you like that, stick with us because we'll have some great shows. So we go through this, the roster evaluations. Then we kind of know, Okay, what we need, what we need to prioritize, et cetera, what we can get in free agency, what are some of the free agents out there that might be able to plug those holes? what could we get through the draft? um what makes the most sense to really impact the roster, build the roster in the right way and um so it'll be a lot of fun. I think I mean this uh, we thought last season's off season was was crazy and and fun, especially after that Russell Wilson trade and getting that first round pick and getting the players and it was just kind of nuts. And then the success we had with the draft um, this season, this off season is going to be just as crazy to me. And and because I'm just kind of, I'm really excited about going through the whole thing because it's, it's wild.
1: Last season it was, yeah, they got that first round pick and we could talk about that. Now they've got two and two seconds and an early third. Um, like that. They've got a lot of draft capital. Um, we're going to be able to look at a ton of different players because the, their options are.
0: And the unlimited. intrigue, the intrigue yeah. with the fifth pick overall is crazy because you can stay with that pick. You can play a defensive guy. You can pick your quarterback of the future. If that's what you decide to do, mm-hmm. you can trade out of it. Uh, they could pick up additional, you know, first round pick in 2024. If they thought
1: they wanted more ammunition for the 2024 class, um, etc. You also could end up in a situation where they could trade that pick. They could trade down for additional picks or um, there is already, you know, people talking about um, the Bears who have the first overall pick taking Bryce Young and trading Fields just to reset that clock. And if you're Seattle and you got to look at at how Fields played this year with no talent whatsoever around him um, and think, yeah, we could win with that. Like we could, we could really win with that. And then be like, okay, well, what's it going to take to get a young, you know, star player like that? Um, like there's all sorts of these kind of questions, things that we can talk about, things that are going to come up because they're in play. They're legitimately yes. in play.
0: It's all in play, really, uh, which is crazy, you know, and, it, it, and you don't, as a franchise, especially a franchise that's a winning franchise consistently year after year, you don't get a chance very often to pick up uh, that far up into the draft. I wish it was at three. it seemed like the options were greater there, but they're still really good at five mm-hmm. um, if you go out and do the mock draft simulators, which I know they're just simulators, but they really do provide a, a key intrigue there when you when you run the simulations, uh, which which players are consistently available and, and and so forth. And there's still some really good options for Seattle at five. There's only yeah. really one worst case scenario where you've got the top two quarterbacks and the top two defensive players off the board when Seattle picks at 5 then what do you do and and there's no suitors you've got to pick somebody that would well,
1: be then uh, you have, that would be then, the hard thing then you take Will Levis because that's the thing is you're picking 5 but there are there are two elite defensive players <coughs> and three me. early first round quarterbacks in this draft so yeah. you're going and to And a lot get of people think Richardson's up, up in
0: this aside. conversation too I'm not you know you don't
1: I don't. A lot I of people do don't. think that
0: he's a top 10 quarterback in this draft, just given the other players available and the, and the, and the quarterbacks. At the, anyone, top who the that, teams.
1: anyone who sees that thinks that hasn't watched him play. They just look at his combine style numbers and look at him like, Oh, he looks the part because if you watch him play. He is not, I disagree. He's just not,
0: I, I disagree. I think that as we get into this and we do our quarterback show eventually, which will be soon. Um, I think that we'll have more in-depth conversation about this. And yes, I agree that he's not ready to come into the NFL and start day one, but he has so many tools and so much upside. I think a team will look at that and say, we can get this guy into our system, have him be in there for a year behind somebody else and have him be ready in 2024. It's just something, it, it's crazy, I know, but.
1: You're looking that's, at That's tools. the way I'm looking at it. You're looking at tools and thinking, uh, Patrick Mahomes
0: and film. Um, the, the guy's impressive, you know, when you go watch, watch tape,
1: highlight. If you watch, no, not, just, not just
0: highlight, but deep dive into, into games, yeah, he does some stupid stuff. He throws the ball at feet, throws his his big issue is throwing over. Um, yeah. but throwing but interceptions, turning the all over, and ability to read it where a good developmental team could could take this guy and, and really make him a, a great pro.
1: You're hoping you know, for Patrick take Mahomes, but drafting Jamarcus Marcus
0: Russell. Mm, yes, anything's possible. i tell you what, when we have a deep dive show on quarterbacks, um, the draft is a crapshoot. I mean, you take a look at all the first-round draft picks in the last 10 years for quarterbacks, and it's a 50-50 hit um, no matter where they go. You know, you have a better shot in the top 10, yes. But barely, you know, if you take a look at the NFC, um, not, not very many quarterbacks have our first round quarterbacks and the AFC, you know, five out of the six remaining quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round, top 10, not, not so true for the NFC. So it's, it's an interesting, interesting thing because the value is so high. It's like the, the quarterback impacts every play um in in the NFL. And so when you have an opportunity to take one and you've really done your work and research and you've identified your guy, you gotta you gotta go get him. So it'll be a very interesting conversation. Some of the other shows we've got coming up is we're gonna do a salary cap show. Um we're gonna do senior bowl previews coming up at the end of the month. Uh first practice for the senior bowl is January 30th. So that's just right around the corner. Um and, and early look at free agency countdown to the draft series. We're going to go position group by position group throughout the entire draft to evaluate players. And that's always a fun series that goes all the way up until April as well. Mm-hmm. So anything else? Great season, by the way, was uh, in...
1: this was a fun year. Like we were, ex- we went into this expecting a long year. It was going to be a lot of draft talk and, and talking you know, draftable quarterbacks and that kind of stuff all year. And we really never did that because we didn't have to because the team mm-hmm. was interesting. They won games. They 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 did way better than we ever thought. And it makes for a fun year when they're, you know, competitive when you don't expect them to be. Um,
0: and we get the extra bonus of having Denver being so bad. God, so we, Denver we, was we, we, terrible. We, we get to play and we get to be in the playoffs, have that mm-hmm. experience. Plus we get a f- top five pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, how it it
0: worked out perfect.
1: The season was so weird in that the Seahawks were good and made the playoffs, and Denver, which were were, looked like a really good team a year ago, except for they had no quarterback play whatsoever. Trades and gets their quarterback. They get a you know a guy that's thought of as a hall of famer, and they're the ones with the top five pick in Seattle. The the coach doesn't make
0: it through his first season
1: yeah he only made it through like what is it like 11 games or 12 games uh
0: yeah i mean really right yeah so it's it is kind of crazy um it is kind of crazy the nfl um, is weird yeah i had a great time uh we're over 400 episodes now um and you know right after the first of february we'll enter our seventh season together wow uh, on the show, which is, which is tremendous. Um, and this is my favorite part. I, I really do enjoy the season. Obviously you play the game because it's fun and we enjoy all that, but the team building aspect of the off season is probably my favorite because we get to get into the weeds. Both of us like that. We're kind of mm-hmm. wonky that way. We really like to evaluate players. We like to figure out how the puzzle works. Um, it's a in the really off
1: complex, it's a really complex puzzle and there's a lot of pieces that are the same shape. And so you don't know which one goes where, um, if you're, I'm making jigsaw puzzle references here. Um, but ultimately so there's a lot of different ways to build it, but at some point you still have to build it. Right. And, um, so we look like at start looking at those different options. It's, it makes for a fun off season.
0: Okay. So, uh, I forgot to do a segment and we both did. Let's go ahead and push
1: that to our next show because we're yeah. already at 47 minutes and uh, that makes for a fun show anyway.
0: Yeah, and we'll do that at the top of the next show. We're going to do uh, awards for the season, but it'll lead into position group conversations in um, a little segue into that. So we'll we'll do that next show. Mm-hmm. All right. You can find Keith at uh, Myers NFL on Twitter. I am at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. And when you do, hit that subscribe button. That would be great. We're doing, uh, doing three shows a week during the offseason. Uh, every topic that you can possibly imagine. Uh, so stay with it if you want Seahawks content all year. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at Seahawk, Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at seahawksplaybook.com.